Bienvenidos tú, Merendeando, Parto Radio Aluna Tiro. For the rest of the season, we are taking you behind the scenes of the Rutas Festival and chatting with some of the people who made it possible. This episode, we're talking to a very talented trio, Ana Nale Higuera, the Rutas Festival videographers, and also we talked to Fernando Valpesoa, who was the festival's production assistant and the stage manager for Aliens, Immigrants, and Other Evildoers and Danzantes del Alba. Let's get started. And we're back. And this is the last episode of the season. And to start, we're going to talk to two of our favorite humans in the world, Ale and Anna, the magical videographers of the festival. To get started, we want to know what was your journey to come to Aluna? So how did you learn about Aluna Theater? And what was the journey to working with them at the Rutas Festival? I think it was just through community, you know, our friends, our artists, the iconic Victoria Mata, our friend and family uh, and collaborator. So I think, yeah, through community. And I got to work in Caminos 2019, I believe, doing some some videography as well with, with another crew. Yeah, same through community. Also Victoria Mata. I met Bea at a, a gathering, a symposium that Victoria was putting up a long time ago at UFT. And Victoria and I work, I think, in 2013 with, uh, we were part of Caminos and we, we showed Imshift, which was a piece that we're working at the, at the moment that we co-created. And then after I ha I have been working as a videographer, it's like our third time. Yeah. Like in different, I guess we, we've done different things for the festival. You're also siblings. And you're an artistic sibling duo. How did you both end up being in like the summer artistic journey? Like you're both videographers, photographers. How did that happen? Who started first and who followed? I started first. I also have to say that I'm 11 years older than my sibling. <laughs> so even though it doesn't look like it. Uh, so I started first my artistic exploration in 2007. And I mean, after that, I always brought... Ana Maria Long, right? Like you always yeah. part of different projects. Alice has been one of like my biggest mentors, like in photography, which is like what I started with. And then in video as well. But she definitely started first and then taught me everything she knows. So I'm lucky. Um, and now we learn from each other. Because yeah. that's what happens. <laughs> and now we learn from each other, for sure. And we started collaborating actually like more often recently, like during the pandemic. We both started doing more video um, documentation and that's kind of like where we've collaborated um, and really, really like grown together. Yeah, during the pandemic was more like, okay, we're going to work together. And I was like, Anna, we have to buy the same camera. So we actually have two cameras that to work together that were the same quality and, you know, the same look. And we got hired by Jamie. They're like a community arts organization in the Esplanade. And we did a really wild, like, three-channel live stream video in the middle of winter, like, February. Outside? <laughs> outside, outside. Oh, It shit. was, yeah, that was, like, our first time really, like, working together, doing video and, and kind of, like, what catapulted um, everything to come. Um, so it was a, a wild experience, yeah. Almost, like, froze my hands. Yeah, Jam it was Jamie really was a good, like, a... A starting the glues <laughs> yeah and speaking about filming something that it's live so 
during the festival, we saw you running around filming all the plays, all the productions. How do you plan the filming, like from the shots, the angles to schedules? And, and why do you think it is so important for Aluna to document these productions? So we came in with some thoughts and then by the end of the of the three weeks because we started with cacao i think we improved in many ways and we learned a lot of things but at the beginning we were like oh we're gonna give ourselves one hour to get there and set up like we kind of knew how the spaces worked a little bit and we and had a vision for the spaces but you know in the moment some things change and we we came in with like oh we're gonna use these three cameras and then by filming the first show we're like we have to switch one of them and use a different camera and yeah yeah there's always troubleshooting like always with tech like video anything like there's always troubleshooting so definitely planning ahead we need a lot more time to set up and in terms of like how to capture things I think we also try to not only have our input but also talk to the artists and see like what they what their vision is like what they'd like to see since they're the ones who created the pieces and know them better we did try to um to to watch the pieces before because that always helps um, but speaking to them and, and collaborating with them as well as to what they wanted uh, really helped also. Yeah, and working with the tech people at each of the theaters because each space was different. So we needed different different positions for the cameras and for ourselves. Become best friends with the tech peeps. <laughs> they had our back. Yeah. It is quite hard because also if you're filming a live event that might change like in the moment it just might be longer or shorter or things happen so yeah that must be like well just go it was high energy at times a little stressful yeah if, if things the, the the some of the plays were very close together and so yeah we learned to also give time in between because you never know what's going to happen and yeah things might go over time which no, happens no so... time to dump footage <laughs> and then my card was full <laughs> yeah so those things that happen like either like you, you always think, oh, I need batteries, I need cards. But then we thought we had enough time all the time to dump footage and all that. But, you know, things happen. Yeah, live theater. <laughs> live theater, yeah. yeah. I mean, in a way, it feels like we were doing a live thing too, right? So we're working with three cameras. And two of them, we each have one. But one of them, like, we, we leave it alone. And you're, like, hoping for the, like, yeah. the turn off. Like, sometimes things turn off. Like, I was like, why? Like, you're like, not. Why does technology not help me? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you're supposed to be on my side but uh but yeah and it's like you know knowing that you ha you we capture something and now we're editing everything and now we're troubleshooting some things like the audio wasn't like you know we didn't work in this time so we're trying to like troubleshoot all these things right now in post which is fun <laughs> when you folks are like uh, capturing moments in theater do you ever get emotional like do you ever like even though you're trying to get like that distance are you ever like oh I'm actually feeling it yeah all the time well but usually if I'm using a camera that um you know is like static then try not to speak or like make any noises because <laughs> then it will pick up pick your your reaction and then when you're editing you're like why did I talk at this moment so I've learned that from you know from doing it and if you're holding the cameras, like, just be sturdy, you know, if you're like, uh, don't shake or anything like that. But I don't know, for, I, for me, I find it's a little different. Like, I'm so concentrated on on capturing the visual that it, it's it's sometimes hard to connect to, to the piece. Mm -hmm. um, and so 
yeah I, I would love to be able to go back in time and see all the pieces without doing anything but <laughs> that's not fun <laughs> that's true yeah yeah it's a different I, experience yeah I get like really into okay like you know the camera make sure it's not shaking make sure I'm not breathing so hard and yeah all these things also I think it's important to document these productions because they're telling important stories that that we need to hear and share and kind of process together as well mm -hmm. Yeah, and also it's important because artists can use this documentation to apply for grants so they can keep making work. Also to look at the the piece and see if they want to change something. I don't know, you know, like every artist, it, it helps to see what you've done. But definitely for, you know, future archiving and to see what's happening right now and what the Latinx community looks like and what we're sharing with the world. I think that's super important. I feel like artists didn't document as much as they do now. And it's it's great that like Aluna as as an organization is like offering this, like offering them to like to have all this recording and all this footage that they can use. But aside from all the troubleshooting and crazy moments, is there like a nice memory from the festival? Anything that you remember that comes to mind? Yeah, in general, for me, like something was that is very nice is just how queer it is. Like as a queer person, as a queer person, like I really appreciate these like spaces. It's so safe and welcoming and really fun. Like everyone is super kind and just willing to to be good to each other. You know, I also love like seeing so much art. Yeah, so many pieces that are so inspiring. So many people that are doing so much like amazing work and very important work seeing pieces that you know parts of it are in Spanish and like in dance and so it's so diverse and it's so inspiring like I saw so many pieces I was like whoa this is amazing and I was so inspired by by everyone that was part of it and that everyone that was also coming to the festival you know and the party was amazing yeah and after the pandemic is like you know I hadn't party like that in a long time so it was just like such a welcoming energy to like let's just we work so hard for all this time and it's like let's get it let it all out yeah and definitely inspiring and something else that we spoke about was some of the pieces like for example from Teatro Línea de Sombra like how they you know were speaking of such heavy and challenging subjects but also really poetically like visually and very lighthearted at the same time so that's something that like was very inspiring to both of us yeah yeah and yeah it was just so beautiful how you came out of that those place feeling so like you you just witnessed something that it was so beautiful and potent I feel like that's what I aspire to in my own work to feel like find poetic ways of like sharing stories with the world so that was very inspiring I think that's something from Rutas for me is like you get to know these companies from other places of, of the Americas and then you can be like oh I can actually like follow them and see what their work is at and and see maybe they will come back maybe we'll, we can do an exchange like as both of your artists is like maybe there's a connection there that you can like keep building on. And speaking of Rutas, Rutas was born out of the desire to bring the art from across the Americas to Toronto to encounter new perspectives, voices, and ideas, and to engage in conversations about art and human rights. So what conversations or engagement do you hope the festival brought to our audiences? We come from Bogota, 
And while we were growing up there, we saw I saw a lot of um, cuenteros and a street theater, like things were happening on the street. And I was like, we saw cacao, which was like on the street, but it was very like elaborate. So it was different than to just like, set up and like have a person tell a story or something like that. And I wonder how how it would be in Toronto to have something like that be part of the festival, like, you know, just people on the street telling stories or, like, or a play that just like doesn't need any lighting or anything. It's just happening uh, on the kind of thing. That was the that's what I thought about. Maybe it has happened before. I don't know. Because I haven't been to all of the festivals. Yeah. And in the same thread, I think, or similar thread, I think, you know, the festival is also uh, accessible, right? Like, when I think theater, I think, like, I don't know, people, like, very Eurocentric, like, dress up, this kind of, like, exclusive crowd. But with with Rutas, it's, like, it feels like it's so open and it's accessible in terms of pricing, too, right? They have, like, sliding scale with tickets and everything. And if you need a comp, just talk to Monica and Lucia. No. <laughs> I think from what, what you say, Ale, it's something that we saw this year that other people have mentioned that is like that there's so many different ways of making theater or telling stories. Like this year you had like everything. I do crave what you're saying. Like I think it will be like how important is a story is a story and it can be told anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, but I think that that's, that's something that we we kept on seeing of like, you never knew what you were, like you would see the descriptions of a show and then you were like, but it really, you never knew actually what you were gonna see until you were there. That's true. Yeah, like the storytelling, the storytelling was like, not like a story like, you know, once upon a time, da, 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 mm -hmm. but it's like the way that the, it was like the story development and a lot of the plays was was very cool to see for like a non-theater goer, but you know, I, it, it made me wanna, see more theater and like really get into into the art so every episode we ask our current guests to pose a question to the next guest so first we have maria paula from the production team of the Rutas festival and she asked what is it that makes you decide every day when you wake up to continue the journey of being in this industry i love art <laughs> I love creating. I love, you know, telling stories and I love supporting others to tell their own stories. Yeah, I feel like the heart of it is that this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And I love it and I love every part of it, you know, the challenges, but also the the joy, you know, that it is to create with others and it is to share the work uh, with community. I think it's it's so fulfilling. I think art for me is like expression. It's it's really being myself, which sometimes can be hard in this world. And it also helps me be in the present. Like it helps me ground myself. Like when I'm doing video, like I was telling you before, it's just like, I'm there, like looking through that lens and like really trying to capture whatever's happening like beautifully and poetically. And so it's, it just really helps me be in the moment. And the second question we have for you comes from Maria Escolan, who work in Pequeños Territorios and Children of Fire. And she asked, what was the moment of joy and or heart or a heart-wrenching moment that you remember from the festival? Well, okay, heart-wrenching for me, watching Children of Fire. That was an incredible experience. I, I didn't know about this, these women revolutionaries, so educational, you know, and 
just really eye-opening. And the part where they where they say like don't feel sad for us, just do something, just like stuck with me like so much. I feel like we live in such a culture that's so individualist, individualistic and you know, each for his own and each for their own and I just really admired their their stories like how you know how the story was told and like what, what these women are going through or, and it was just unbelievable to me so that was like heart heart-wrenching and a moment of joy was um was watching pequeños territorios like the end like at the end how everything came together like in my mind just like just blew my mind how how slowly like the pace I really enjoyed the pace of the piece and how they build the stage slowly told the stories and weaved everything and in the end you have this beautiful like visual intricate visuals yeah it was wonderful I mean I have many moments of joy and I'll relate to you know experiencing art but also the beautiful community that unites and gets together to either you know watch be part of it in so many ways you know producers people that are like doing the stage everyone it's such a beautiful community that that was like the joy and getting to talk to people you know like uh, Maria that came from Vancouver and uh, we worked before but it was all online or meeting the people like the tech people from Teatro Linea Sombra and like like you were saying we make connections and I was like oh I want to learn from these people like how do I how do I do this and I feel like it was in that sense of community and to, to know that we have a space you know to tell our stories like I'm very thankful for like Trevor and Bea that they have worked so hard to create this community and that it takes so much work and that they're so dedicated and that it's only growing, right? Like, and they're seeing like all these people like seeing Victoria with cacao and like everyone that has been there for such a long time. And now you, you see everyone like growing and I don't know, becoming their own constellations. I don't know. Oh, that's so beautiful. Which is also like related to Children of Fire when the women were like, oh, creating communities and art now you get to put somebody on the spot and ask a question to them how is it to host uh you know because in a way i was hosting um like they were dealing with people that came out from out of town mm. like how was it to be their guide and we did it that was the interview what was it so much fun did you both love it <laughs> <laughs> i'm like sweating it was an experience i loved it Thank you so much for being here with us, Fer. Uh, we're so excited to talk to you and also from random times to hear a little, some little dogs that are trying to come into your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You know, they, they love being here. So and I'm happy to be here. And they want to be part of really badly. <laughs> They're huge fans. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us how did you learn about Aluna Theater? And then what was the journey for you to work with them at this Rutas Festival? I learned about Aluna through Now Magazine. In my first year in Toronto, my first year in school, I would take the subway home and I would grab a Now Magazine to read in my journey. And I saw the show Reunion by Dani Selko. It was like a Sunday midday thing. And I was like, okay, let's go. And just because of life, I ended up reading one of the poems in the show. And the producer was like, oh, well, since you performed, you get free tickets to everything else today. And then I just spent my day at Aluna. I went to the cabaret. I met great people. And 
I was like, oh, I, this is a cool community. And then when I was in my last year in school, I reached out to Aluna and I was like, hey, can I do an outreach placement, a sort of internship? And that's when we worked at Caminos last year. This year, they reached out to me and I worked with them for Rutas. And it was like my first official contract after school in the thing that I studied. So it was like a really nice uh, full circle. So a little bit crazy that you just found them in a magazine and now you're like <laughs> just working like multiple things in this festival. We know that you work for one of the biggest show at Rutas, Das Dantes del Alba, and as an emerging stage manager, could you tell us about that experience? What was it like to take such a big role in the production? I've, I'm very grateful and I feel very blessed that everyone I work with are really great human beings. I'm just coming into this industry and I work with people that have been in the industry for decades and they really supported me and they wanted me to succeed and I wanted them to succeed and for the show to be great. So it was a very like safe and healthy environment to put my foot in and stage managing. It was funny because I would be telling people who are twice my age what to do. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but they would listen. And if they had any suggestions, they would give it. And it was a really nice experience. Because this is a, a show that it's touring, right? So it's not a show that is like, we're here. How fast is it to like communicate that stuff? Like, did you have a chance to know about the work before? Or was it like, we're here, we're here five days, let's do the show. Like, how was that? Yeah, it was very fast and wild. <laughs> it was very much like getting into the theater as they're setting up and being like, okay, we have all this rigging that we're doing and these costumes are really heavy and and we have five days. Let's let's do it. It was wild, but very fun. It's very chaotic, but I like it. <laughs> and as someone who is working in Canada and, and Latin American countries, can you tell us about the similarities or, uh, or differences in this experience, maybe in working in the arts in two different like worlds? The biggest difference is the budget. <laughs> in, in Chile is you have to do the most with the least and there's not the opportunity for having a lot of people working on a show. Um, and here you can have different people and then that leads to specialization, which is really beautiful as well. And I think the similarities is that it's a community. And, and I never thought of it because in Chile, since it's like small and you have to support each other because otherwise you're not going to survive. When I came here, I was like, this is a huge industry with like hundreds of people working on it. But when I started working in it, I was like, oh, wow, it's actually a very small world. <laughs> We also know that you work, your work is based on radical tenderness, community healing, and joy as an act of resistance. Can you tell us a little bit more about these practices? Yes, of course. So I came across the Radical Tenderness Manifesto a few years ago, and it resonated a lot with me and the way I feel that or the way I experience Radical Tenderness is I love you so much that I want you to heal. And that can be applied in like, you know, fighting for sustainability, you know, for like land, uh, for your community, for your family, for 
it can be applied at many different levels. And for my thesis in school, I developed a radical tenderness practice. And uh, the idea was to gather 10 strangers and do a bunch of activities based on tenderness. And I got the opportunity to tour that. So I did it in Chile, Argentina, and Germany. It was interesting to see what is tenderness means for different people. Um, and I realized at first I was like, it's kind of naive to base your work on joy and tenderness. And, and then I realized it's something that we need especially in like a world where you're working and you don't have time to rest or or even for people who are outside of the theater community like as adults they don't get to play with people they don't know and like sing and jump around and connect with like their emotions and I realized that just sharing these experiences can be very healing and sometimes people would say very deep things about themselves or even remember memories. And I was like, whoa, I never expected for this games that we're playing in the park to be so meaningful, but it, it is. And it made an impact on them and, and me. And I just want to keep doing that and sharing those things. So it needs to come to Toronto. Yes, yes, it's coming. Oh, so I'm... <laughs> I'm doing many things <laughs> um, but no this is uh, this practice is actually called Nanai which is a Quechua word and it means pain but in Chile it turned there's a, a poet or a collective of poets called Diccionario Poetico de Chile and they defined Nanai as tenderness that heals the wound and I think that that resonates a lot. In, in Chile, if you're like, if you're hurt, you'd be like, oh, ask me nanai, like give me nanai. And then you would hug and then you're better. And that's community healing. <laughs> Is there a memory from the festival that will stay with you and in your heart forever? Or is there something that you learn while working the festival that you will carry on into your artistic practice? I am taking many memories from Ruta's. It was such a good experience. I learned a lot. And I think one of the things that I, I want to carry out with me is the humbleness that many people presented, especially when I didn't know something. They would never be like, oh, how could you not know that? It would be like, oh, you don't know? Come on, I'll show you. You know, and that good uh, energy and and you know that that approach of of being yes i've been doing this for many many years and i remember what it was to know not, not know it and to be able to share it in a in a very nice way it was like a it was very beautiful and i'm grateful so i really want to share that with others as well it's amazing to be able to like share knowledge with other people and just keep giving and receiving as we know rutas was born out of the desire to bring art from across the Americas to Toronto, to encounter new perspectives, voices, and ideas, and to engage in conversation about art and human rights. What conversations or engagements do you hope the festival brought to our audiences? I think there's something really powerful about sharing your story and in someone else listening to it or seeing it. I think that is where the community healing takes place. There is no way that I could have known, I don't know, a Mexican garment worker's life if it wasn't for Danzantes del Alba, or I could have not known 
a Honduran experience in the US if it wasn't for aliens, immigrants, and other evildoers. When you share your story, you're just looking for someone to listen and to feel empathy with it. And the, the Rutas Festival allows for that to happen. You couldn't know someone else's experience because your world is so different and your experiences are so different that <laughs> I was thinking, like, I don't think a Canadian average person could imagine what it is that when your shampoo is running out and you put a little bit of water in it and you shake it and then <laughs> you have more shampoo because <laughs> they don't live it, right? Like, and they wouldn't know unless someone tells it because it's so vulnerable and so intimate. Um, and I think that is the beauty in storytelling, you know, allowing to show your, your intimacy with others and, and for someone else to listen, you know, some, sometimes we just want to share, like, I don't need you to, to do anything, just pay attention. Because we like keeping the conversation going across practices and across borders. We usually ask every episode, our current guests to post the questions to our next guest. And this question for you comes from our favorite sibling duo, Anna and Ale Higuera. And their question is, how was it for you to be some sort of a guide for an artist from out of town? What was that experience for you? Honestly, I never thought I knew Toronto as well as I did until I had to show it to other people. Um, and when they were like, where do I get a a candle with the Guadalupe face on it. I was like, I know exactly where. <laughs> and, you know, it was fun. And I realized the, the people that I know here are also very willing to help out. And I realized how strong my connections were here. So it was like a blessing in disguise because I never, I kind of took them for granted because they were always there. But When I had to put them to work, I was like, oh, damn. The best Latinx store is other people's closets. That's where you find. <laughs> yes. To keep the conversation going, you get to ask a question too. This question is going to be for us. We are the next guests of the podcast. Wow. Oh my God. This is so much pressure. Just because I'm curious and it's such a big part of my practice and my life. I want to know how does tenderness play a role? in your practice. Fer, thank you so much, so much for taking the time to chat with us. Oh, thank you. I think you both are great people and I'm so happy to be here. We're speaking from Takoronto. This is the traditional territory of the Haudenosaunee, the Nashinabe, the Wendat, and Mississaugas of the Credit. This land is covered by the digital one spoon wampum and treated turkey also known as the Toronto Purchase. At Aluna, we remember that people can begin to heal when they are hurt. We are committed to artful participation in disagreements. We are committed to unsettling ourselves towards connection, respect, and justice for all people who now live in this city, which has been a meeting place since time immemorial. Radio Aluna Teatro is supported by Aluna Theatre with support from the Toronto Arts Council, the Ontario Arts Council, the Canada Council for the Arts, the Department of Canadian Heritage, and TD Bank. Aluna Theater is Beatriz Pisano and Trevor Shellness. Radio Aluna Teatro is produced by Monica Garrido and Lucia Linares. For more about Aluna Theater, visit us at alunatheater.ca, follow at Aluna Theater on Twitter or Instagram, 
or like us on Facebook.